Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong. And everything in between. Yo, it's crazy. Amazing. We can turn our hearts words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak life. Hello, 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 and welcome to a live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. I'm your host, Tammy, and I want to thank you all for tuning in with me tonight. I have one of my favorite people in-house with me tonight. Of course, for those of you who were able to read the posting and receive the information, I have my son, Brandon Gator, who is going to join me tonight. Before getting started with our housekeeping things, I just want to share how this show came about. Basically, um, Brandon and I were talking yesterday. I've been gone for about 11 days. I was traveling, and while I was away, I just felt very different. The culture was different. People were different. The city felt different. And I was just in this mindset to explore, to engage, and to really people watch. So I came back as I I arrived back to Memphis yesterday, and I remember getting into Memphis, touching ground and connecting with a young lady who was traveling back from Texas. This is her home, but she moved away. And we were talking, we got into a conversation, young girl, Um, is about to complete her college degree, go on an internship in Mexico. And we were talking about how it feels to come back to Memphis. Just It's like this heaviness that comes over you when you go to a place that is the opposite, appears to be the opposite of where you do your day-to-day life. So that being said, I bought that heaviness home, and Brandon and I was in a conversation, and, and I was actually thinking, Maybe it's just time for me to to leave this city. And this is new for me because I'm one that tells people, if you want to go, go, but there's work to be done here. But, again, I bought that home with me in my mind. And so Brandon says, and I mentioned to Brandon, maybe we should think about moving. And he says to me, Mom, I can't go. There's too much work to be done. And I needed to hear that uh, because there is a lot of work to be done I'm sure not just in Memphis, but this is where I am. This is where God has planted both of us. I remember Brandon saying that he would never come back after college, but God said differently because God allowed him to land a job without applying for it. Um, And so that spoke volumes, and he has a, a really good job that will tie into tonight's topic. So that's how this topic came about. Um, because, again, we just kind of found out, found ourselves engaged in a conversation about Memphis, about the mentality, about the people, about our school system, what, what's going on with our children, the disconnect. So tonight's t- 
topic, topic is economic inequality in Memphis. And basically, we're going to cover a number of things tonight. So we want you guys, if you live here in Memphis, and you want to share some things that are of concern to you, or if you just kind of want to talk about how you feel, um, living here, I mean, I came back, I woke up this morning, learned that there were 10 people, I believe, that were shot over the weekend. And it just seems it's consistent, just consistent. And what I think that does is that, that just allows our mindset to go someplace. Um, being in Texas, Texas is just a beautiful state. It's clean. You can drive down without hitting potholes every other, I guess, block, so to speak. People seem to be nicer. They seem to be just, it was just different. It was really different. So I want to talk about a number of things, the things that we see on the news, the things that our children are going through. We have the 69 is now a C for students in the city of Memphis. I don't have kids that are in school, and I'm more angry. I feel that that concerns me more than it concerns parents who have children. And I, I was telling a friend, a couple of friends, that if, it were, if Brandon was still in school, I would, they would have a separate grading scale for him. I would make sure, no, a, a 69 is not a C. Not that I would have to worry about that anyway because Brandon knew that 69s were not acceptable in my house, and he would have known that. But many kids will get accustomed to that 69, and what they're telling our children is you don't have to do much. And then at the same time, prisons are being built based on test scores of third-grade children, students. So it's like they're setting them up. So we want to talk about many, many things tonight. And, again, I have my favorite, favorite person, Brandon Gator, with me, and he's going to tell you about what he does in the city of Memphis and what concerns his heart, what he's, other things that he's trying to get started here. So let's go over our housekeeping things. For those of you who are listening by phone with us, remember, if you have something to share, have a question, just select the number one. The way that I will pull you in is I will provide your area code and the last four digits of your number that you are calling from. So I'll pull you in that way. If you're listening online with us and you want to, I'm going to open up the chat line right now. But if you want to chime in on the chat line or um, by the Internet, you do have to be a registered follower of the show to submit your questions and any comments. So just keep that in mind as well. If you're not registered, you can do that tonight. Can't go on without telling you again about the trash can concept. In order to promote change, you have to stay in your mind. You have to learn to renew your mind, to get those negative things out. And so I have what I call a little silly thing, but uh, it seems to work for some people. And what we ask you to do is move your trash can, one that you visit frequently. For me, it's the, it was. Um, I no longer do it. I don't do it because I kind of got accustomed to it. So do this until you no longer feel you need to, until you can move it and not return to it. But what we ask you to do is move a trash can that you frequently visit. Then monitor how many times you return back to its old location. Now, when you do that, remind yourself, now, I know that I moved this trash can, 
but I continued to return to where it was. Allow that to help you understand that how, if we don't stay in our mind and control our thoughts, that our mind, at the drop of a dime, as quickly, before we have, can think about it, it will allow us to return back to what we know. And so often we stay where we are. We're afraid to move out of the box. We're afraid to step forward. So we want to be where we are comfortable. And sometimes we're there because the mind, again, you guys, you don't know how powerful the mind is if you don't renew it with the thoughts of God, with God's will, God's ways, and so much more. So we're going to get into tonight's topic. So remember to move your trash cans. And remember, you sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap habit. You sow habit, it creates your character, and your character creates your destiny. So your character is leading you somewhere. Not often enough do we think about character, and character is those qualities developed in a person's life that determines a person's thoughts, feelings, and actions regardless of circumstances or situations. So think about that. I'm going to read that once more, and then I'm going to bring Brandon right in. Character is the qualities developed in a person's life that determines a person's thoughts, feelings, and actions regardless of circumstances or situations. And basically that's saying to me is when you have that character, you know who you are. More importantly, you know who you're not. And when you know who you are, you can control the things that you allow yourself to get into, to participate in, to honor, to dishonor. You just have control over your life. So keep that in mind. And without further ado, again, tonight's topic is inequality, um, the economic inequality in Memphis. And if you want to share what's going on in your city, if you want to share what you hear about Memphis, I remember when I was getting ready to move back to Memphis, number a number of people asked, why would you ever want to move back to, to Memphis? So Memphis has this reputation, um, and there's a reason. So let's talk about that tonight. So, Brandon, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, if you'll just kind of, Tell the audience what your what what your job responsibility here in Memphis. Uh, personally, um, I feel as if as a man, especially as a young African American man, um, my job here in Memphis is to uplift the culture, and I have gone about various ways of attempting to uplift. Uh, the culture, but I keep hitting this stone wall. I keep hitting this mountain on the path uh, to victory and, and equality and and um, success for not only African Americans, but an equal opportunity for all people. And this mountain and this, um, this stumbling block is income inequality or economic inequality. I notice so often that we can have all of these social services for people, but these are Band-Aids on a gaping wound. For example, well, first, before I go into it, I want to define economic inequality um, for everyone. Economic inequality is the state of affairs in which assets, wealth, or income are distributed unequally among individuals in a group. 
Would you read that just one more time? Sure. It's the state of affairs. Recognize that the state of affairs in which assets, wealth, or income are are distributed unequally among individuals in a group. Now, what is, if there is economic inequality in America, what would be the group? Of course, the citizens of America. And uh, many people think that the issue is in the term of just income and what people make. And though that is, a, is part of the problem, it's only a third of it. The rest is uh, wealth and assets as far as inheritance and the things that you physically possess. And if you notice across Memphis, there is a great disparity in all of these areas. And this, this illness comes off in various uh, symptoms. It comes off in the symptom of uh, dilapidated housing uh, running rampant. It, come, it comes off in the, in the symptom of homelessness, the rate of homeless persons increasing. It comes off in the symptom of crime. It comes off in the symptom of a lack of attention span from children at educational institutions. It comes off as a, a decrease in the morale of the city and of people and of their faith in their own community and their government. And I, I, it, it's like the chicken or the egg. It's like, why is our city poor? Why don't we have funds in order to go to uh, these public services? Why can't we build streets but once every 35 years? It's because the people are broke. And if I may use... Um, more piercing speech, more piercing speech, Um, it is a form of slavery. Consider this. The majority of people that live within Memphis, within the city limits of Memphis, are of one racial background. You can imagine which. The majority of those who have jobs within that, that loop are not of that same ethnic background. Yet all of the infrastructure, all of the streets, all of all the, the, the public services that are to be used and shared are used by people not only from within the city of Memphis, but from the, ex, the uh, surrounding Shelby County, the state of Mississippi, and the people that come into Memphis to work, the people in Arkansas that come in to work. They come in, use parts of our labor force, leave, and we're stuck having to foot the bill in forms of property tax. This is why when you come to Memphis, you see such a plethora of buildings that are abandoned and dilapidated and insolvent, and in most cases where the taxes owed on the the home far outweigh the the worth of the physical building. These are the things that are holding us back. People don't realize that our budgets are created by the amount of property taxes that go that is fed into the city that's where the budget is created from but if people can't don't have enough money to own a home much less you know keep upkeep their yard much less pay great attention to their their children without having to work two and three jobs much less own a car to fill gas with rising uh, gas prices and when you when when you notice that the problem is economic inequality or access to economic opportunities, then you start asking, well, 
who has the pot of gold and why is it not distributed equally amongst the people? Why is it that some persons are born uh, into a place of privilege while others, and that, that, that directly determines the outcome of their life, then a person that supposedly is also born in this free country uh, cannot, can, even if he's poor, born poor, he cannot not obtain the same thing. Studies show that 70% of people born below the poverty line or the below where, where middle class starts never reach middle class. Can I jump in and ask a question before we get too far? Um, we, I started out talking about just the feeling of coming back into Memphis based upon where I came from, which is Texas. I was in the Dallas, Frisco area. And everyone that I've talked to since returning has said, oh, that state is, is beautiful. And it is. You, you, just, you, just, you feel differently. It's such a sense of peace. In saying that, we have, as you mentioned, housing, homelessness. Um, it's almost, as I remember talking about the show um, about debt being a form of slavery, you know, the system is not broken. What we, what we said there, the system is not broken. It was built this way. So as we see these things happening, the growth in homelessness, um, even mothers, as I used to work on the homeless ministry and found out that mothers have to choose to be on the street or to go in and leave her son with someone else. The son has to go into foster care if he's a certain age. So we, we create this picture coming back hearing that 10 people were shot over the weekend. And so we create this picture. How do you feel that that affects the mindset of people? Um, do you feel that people just get into this, they buy into this program and it begins to affect them, the mindset, and they accept this way of living? I think that, I don't think that anyone has accepted this way of living. And this is why, just like when you eat in a bad way or if you eat on an unhealthy diet, your skin starts to break out. And like I said, these, this comes out in the form of crime. These are, these are basically uh, entire groups of, of persons acting out in, in a certain way. You see, this is a social. We're much more united than people realize. Collectively, we are a body. So when we have these ills, when we ingest these injustices, they come out in the forms of these crimes. And so as long as that is persistent and it's not complete servitude, then I will say that no one has accepted this. Okay. Because the consistency is, look at just, you said that in the, over the weekend 10 people were shot and killed. I read in the paper a week prior to that, between Monday and the Monday prior to that, 10 people were shot within that same week. 10 and 10, that's 20 people in two weeks that was killed, if those numbers are correct. So, and, and I don't think anyone can truly accept that. They can only cope with it. And we cope in various forms. Um, amongst my generation, we have coped by materialism, mm. the things that feel good, the instant gratifications, because we know the long term is already damned. Mm -hmm. there is, when there's a lack of hope, there is a uh, convulsion into the sensory, into the things that you can feel and touch and possess, and because you're, you're looking for any any foundation for you to hold on to reflect your identity. See, we don't, you can think about any, especially within the African-American community, which in Memphis suffers the greatest amount of poverty. Um, 
within our our community, if you say, oh, okay, what language do you speak? Of course, it has to be English. But of any other person, they have a nation attached to that. And that nation has a culture. That nation has a history that they can date back to thousands of years. Whereas I can go a few generations back. I can go maybe six generations, which is more than most of my friends can. And that usually leads to a plantation. And from that, I have no idea of where my people came from. So this is something that so we have to realize that, like you said, my mom, this system was built around that. Mm. When, this, when, when we got um, uh, even the Constitution and, and, and all these laws and how the status quo was set, it was set and rigged in a time where there was so much inequality that was apparent. It was apparent and acted. It was de facto. It was by law and de facto, you know, just by the fact of how people are socially and by the way it was written into the law. And what we have done now is that we have, in a sense, become pacified by what we considered an early victory in the civil rights movement. We, have, we won a battle, but we did not yet win the war. Um, and this was the source of much frustration from Dr. Martin Luther King upon coming to Memphis. He came to Memphis to help uh, the garbage workers to, to, to receive decent pay, decent treatment, and, and understand that this was not um, saying that they could vote, so this had nothing to do with the Voting Rights Act. Um, this had to do with the equality of their income, the equality of their economics or their access to economics. Um, so, and, and upon coming here, a year prior to that, he wrote a book called Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? And I would suggest this book to anyone and everyone. Say uh, that again, and you were talking about Martin Luther King, um, and this is a book that was written by him. It, this was his, his last book um, in the legacy of, of, of the King writings, and it's titled Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? Uh, many people staple Dr. King with his I Have a Dream speech. And as great and as mighty and as, and as you know, amazing things that that did for this country, for the heart of this nation, that was not the end of his story. Many of us have been through our lives, and if you take a snapshot of that one part, it wouldn't tell the totality of who we are as a person. Martin Luther King grew even more he grew after that speech, but notice how history is written by the victors. History is written by those uh, persons who were watching and not, very, not inside. So all they knew and all they wrote down in the newspapers were the Civil Rights Act, the, 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 voting, the voting Rights Act. These things are written on paper, but does paper change the hearts of men? Does paper change how the system works? If I change the face of a clock, does that make it work? No, it's the it's the the pulleys and the the you know the screws on the inside that are working together, grinding together. This is what is diseased at its core. It is the system and what it's made of. And until we, as a people, all people, realize that, there will always be a form of slavery to the minorities whatever they be, whether they be black or, 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 or not. Um, and so what has happened is the wealth has been distributed 
to fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer. And what's happening is our economy is failing as a as a as a product of this. So we are becoming a slave, pretty much a slave nation. There who who can leave their job right now and and not be one disaster away from living on the street? How many? What do they look like? Why do immigrant workers pay taxes but have no representation? These are, these are the things we have to start asking. These are the things that Dr. King started to ask, which in my opinion led to his death. Because it's okay to, to eat beside you. It's okay to drink at the same water fountains. Um, that's decency. But to ask a man to change his heart, and that heart being the same heart that was put into the construct of this nation is a is a a war that would be fought for i think a either a great amount of time or that will take a great amount of effort collectively so do I think people have um given up because I'm still alive and I'm still here, and I know there are others like me that think that they there are no others who think the same way. Because I once was there. You remember, that's why I didn't want to come back to Memphis. Right. Because it was hard for me to attempt to be legitimate in a world that was illegitimate. It was hard for me to be fair in a world that was unfair. It was hard for me to be kind in a world that was brutal. So, um, and, and in Memphis, it's... It, the, the disparity is so great. I mean, the poverty rate in general is 28.3%. So that means one, more than one in four people that you meet, if you get four people and you line them up, one of those person and a little bit of the second person is poor. 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 Yeah. Let, let's, let's make sure we understand poor. I'm talking about not quite sure where the next meal is coming from. Not sure if next month if their lights are going to be on. Not sure if they'll have money for the bus in order to get to work or to get to find a job. Poor, as in I have to work, I have young children, I cannot leave them um, with anyone. I have to pay that person. I don't have the money for that. I know a woman who lives off of $42 every two weeks. Imagine what, how that limits her. And this is what economic uh, inequality is. What is she to leave her children? How, how can she get to and fro to even find a job? How can her kids be well-educated when they have to come home to poverty, when they go to school with stomachs that hurt from hunger from the night before, when they slept in the cold because of the heat? They didn't have uh, money to pay their electric bill. Right. Let's stop there for a minute because you mentioned uh, the bus. You bought the, someone not being able to pay to get on the bus if they don't have transportation, other means of transportation. And that is a great number of people in Memphis. We recently um, were going through, and I don't know exactly where that is, but as far as the bus, the bus route, I happen to know a young a young girl who comes from that lifestyle of poverty, who is just beaten down at such a young age. Um, and she does want to work. She was trying to get into school, but I learned that 
she's able to come home on the bus, but they have cut the route out of her area. She lives in Fraser, so she's not able to get out to go to a job. However, she can get in. So the bus route comes back in. So our people are dealing with things such as this, even our young people. And I love the fact that you said that, um, and I want to talk about a little bit what we can do. We'll do that towards the end. But I, I want to share with everyone, I want to tell you, too, the lines are open because we want to hear your comments and, and questions. Just share whatever it is you want to share tonight. I want to tell you guys, if you think that you cannot do anything or you don't have anything to give, I'm going to tell you you are dead wrong. I'm so glad that Brandon said what he said to me. I can't leave because there's work to be done. Because if he had said, yeah, Mama, maybe we should think about it, I cannot say that I would not have truly considered it because you just wear down. But I'm thankful, again, that he said that because as I, as I think about we cannot change the world, but we can certainly change ourselves and hope and pray that the change within us, someone will see. You can tutor. You can, you can pray for someone. You can bless someone. If you have, if your needs have been met and you can bless someone, you can do that, even if it's with kind words. So I do want to, before we get off tonight, talk about some of the things that we can do, um, even with no money. You know, recently I tutored um, at a school, and I was amazed at the progress this young man, just even in his appearance, even in the way he responded to me. You know, it's just like somebody, somebody cares. But what has happened is our children, and, and my focus is more so on the kids, I'm, I'm the, the in-between people, I don't know. That's not my that's not my thing, and I, I, I have no apologies for that. But the in between the, the children and the elderly people, those that those they are my heart. So we can when you talk about the young people, what they're coming from, like Brandon said, poor poverty. Their parents or parents, they're they're in a state of hopelessness. They feel there's no re, no reason or need for me to think that my child can have any more than I have. So already that child's limit is his environment or less. So let me check. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. I'm going to check the lines. Again, they're wide open, you guys. You have to select the number one if you do want to chime in on this. So, Brandon, where do we go from, from here? We have to, um, considering the title of Dr. King's book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community? We've done one of these. We have drifted into chaos. Um, if you look at the, if we were to judge America by her character, what kind of woman would she be? She'd be broke. But she looks good. Broke is a joke, but in high heels, stilettos, red, whatever you want to call them, Versace this, Gucci that, Prada this, Prada that. But she's 
by the way, $16, $17 trillion in debt. She sucks the wealth out of communities all around the world. She incites violence across various countries. We see this character. Why would we want to go into that that same path? Why would we want to chase her? So we cannot we cannot find peace amongst chaos by chasing the chaos. And I think that's what we have been doing. We've been chasing the things that have been fed to us, the materials. These are a product of of this uh, of this world in a sense. The things that don't really matter. We can't feed ourselves. We can't if if, if the internet went down today. If the internet went down today and you and you heard about the um cyber attacks where people's target uh social security numbers and and their bank card numbers were were uh compensated or they got, you know, someone took them uh, or found out who they were and used them. If the internet were to crash tomorrow, what would you do? What what would this nation do? What would people do that are so addicted? This is a form of chaos. We've been pacified by chaos. How is that possible? So the antithesis of that in, in Dr. King's title, where do we go from here, chaos or community? The obvious answer is community. We have to go back to a small a, a smaller scale system where we depend on interpersonal relations, where we actually talk to people, where we trade amongst these, ourselves, where we... We uh, purchase from our own businesses, where we combine our wealth, where we're not afraid to share, where we don't hoard things amongst each other, because that's the only thing that's going to bring us out of this, I, I, I believe. And also by putting our collective dollars together, because one thing that the powers that be that control this money that everyone's chasing and is causing all of this disparity, one thing that the people that hold this money don't want is to lose any of it. So together, what could we do? Imagine, like you said, Mom, if a million people gave one dollar, what, what, if, what, if, what if that happened? And then you were able to give a million dollars to the workers who were getting underpaid yeah. and say, sit out for a month and let's see what that big business does. You see what's happening here in Memphis with Kellogg. You can't hit, when you can't hit them in the heart, hit them in the pocket. And, and in that sense, we have to combine our, our efforts together. We cannot say this is a black problem. We cannot say this is a Latino problem. This is a white problem. Because it's not. It's a poor people's problem. There are people who are white who are receiving some of the same treatment as we are because they're homeless on the street. When they ask their brother, hey, just for a conversation, they may not even want money. People will be in disgust. People will spit on them. People will scoff at them. And these are human beings. And if you, if you don't think that's true, we were talking while, while I was actually in Texas about the, the pastor, and I wish I had looked this up, but I had no intentions on going here. But there was a pastor, he was, in, he was new to the church, and what he decided to do was disguise himself as homeless, as a homeless man showing up to church that Sunday. And he was, he was appalled at how he was treated 
So I say that and I want to go here. What, because Memphis is a city of churches. There's a church at every corner times two. In most cases, they're filled to capacity on Sunday. That's probably the only day. There's no Bible study. There's no prayer at many churches, some, but not, not the majority. Where Where is the responsibility in people who, in Christians, I'll just say that. Where is the responsibility of the church? To get their hands out of the pockets of their community. Mm-hmm. They're more concerned with the pockets of the community than the hearts of the community. Like I said, that same principle applies in a, in a different way. We have to hit this, this economy in the pocket as opposed to the heart. Dr. King tried to hit them in the heart. He tried. And if you notice and you listen to his, the last speech that he gave in Memphis, his tone was different. He still didn't want to harm anyone, and he and he wouldn't. But he knew that a more stern approach was going was what was needed in order to make this happen. More sit-outs, more collectivists, more of us coming together. Because whether we admit it or not, the sixty the, the civil rights movement makes it. You know, when I read about it, it seems as if every African American and twenty five percent of the uh, Caucasian Americans and some of the natives and Latinos all came together and they and they marched and they you know they all came together, but that's not that that wasn't the truth about it. In reading these manuscripts from Dr. King, he said it was only a, a few. It was only a few, and look how much change came from just that. Mm. Now, if we came together in masses, there's 14, 20 million undocumented people who are poor living in the state still paying taxes taking the jobs that, that we one cannot do because we don't have the work ethic and won't do because we look at it as second class. Mm-hmm. We can come together with all these people that are experiencing various forms of inequality, and we could demand a economic bill of rights, in a sense, which is what Dr. King asked. That's what, that was his next move. Uh, after coming to Memphis, Dr. King was going to um, have a multicultural poor people's campaign and marshal the collective strength of those people who had come to fill the life of this um, this nation, have no exits and heading downward. He was going to take all of these people of various races and make a poor, per- poor person's campaign. So it was no longer attached to a specific race because he saw that the disease of the heart wasn't cured. It just turned its focus onto... Uh, uh, another um, difference. Right. And, you know, as you talk, we, we talked about the geographical areas of Memphis, kind of me coming back in. I sit and I think about we can't say that it cannot be done because look at Collierville. There are certain guidelines and stipulations that business, businesses have to adhere to in order to stay in business. There are very few, I don't recall ever driving through Collierville and and, and nearly killing my truck and myself from running into potholes. Um, just the the view of, imagine Carrierville times 10, that's what Texas was. Mm-hmm. So, again, the system is not broken. It was built this way. Right. And can I, I want to say something else about, 
about the churches as well. I honestly believe, and I don't want to speak this on on. Shout out to the good preachers, the 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 and, and the the good boards of churches that are actually doing things in the community. But when the church on Second Street is competing with the church on Third Street, and the church on Fourth Street is competing with the church on the other side of town, just for for people, I mean, aren't we worshiping the same God? Why can't we do that together? Why do I have ten Baptist churches all within the same poor community, separating their dollars even more? I got an answer for that. It's as if you gave the plantation to these brothers, and they created plantations of the plantation. And that's what's happening. Our grandmothers are giving their last dime to these two-timing preachers that are prevalent in Memphis who are spending that money on mansions and cars while there's people who can't afford the chips they give at community. Right in their church. Right in their church. Yeah. And there's one on every corner, but I can go on that same corner, and if I wanted to, I could buy crack. Right there. I've heard, I've heard tales of a time that I, will, I, hope to see, I hope to see one day, but I've yet to experience and that's the day where brothers police their own neighborhoods mm. in a peaceful way, in a respectful way. I heard that at one time my great-grandfather, uh, Mr. Johnson, who, would, uh, who built neighborhoods in, in, in Memphis and was very respected, um, when times started to change and young men would start selling drugs and joining gangs, when he would get off work and drive down the street, that was when business closed for the for for the street life. When he came down the street, they pulled their pants up, put the put the uh, put the drugs in their pocket, and and cleaned their hands before they before they shook his, because there was respect. And we have such a lack of masculinity in our in our neighborhoods. And this is because they have been broken. A man was meant to provide for his family. He was supposed to be the head, the security. That has been taken away. That has been thrown in jail disproportionately to any other race. Right. And the women are, are left there to raise men. So this is this is this is what we're faced with. So let's go to our caller. Let's go to our caller. We're going to pull in a caller from nine one zero with the last four digits of three zero six nine. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm too blessed to complain. I could complain, but too blessed to be complaining. Amen. I've been listening to that, and um, I've been listening to uh, the talk about Memphis and the, the killings. And for, Brandon says America is like a woman that in high heels. To me, I look at her as the whore of Babylon. That's the way I look at it. We We're doomed because... I feel like, but see, God is still able. But my thing is, it starts, it, it, you have to go to the root. And I think when America started taking prayer out of schools, prayer out of this, prayer out of that, even trying to take it out of the money, I do understand about where, how you, I'm trying to put it together, and it's, to me, you have to break it down a little bit more. But I'm trying to put it together as far as the money. I think when, and oh, when I was a little girl, 
the whole neighborhood would raise a kid. The whole neighborhood. Now you can't even say something to somebody's kid without them coming in your yard cursing you out. But when I was a young girl, we were afraid to do the lady next door to whoop our butt. And then when my mom come home, we were going to get another whooping. So if mama left the yard and say, don't leave out the yard, grandma next door that was no kin to us could just look at us and we would stay in the yard. But, see, now we're in a different time. And I think as far as the church, the church eyes, we're asleep and we're, we're slumbering and we're sleeping right now. And it's about numbers and it's about money when it should be about souls. And, we, yeah, they have big churches, these mega churches with all this money, and they say they're doing this and they say they're doing that, and, and praise God if they is. But there is a lot more to be done. Like you say, right next door you got kids who standing on the corner distributing drugs, prostituting, pulling out, stealing our young girls and putting them in houses and selling them and, and putting them up like, like it's just a piece of meat that you put on for sale. But I think if the church, the, the church is the word for this country. The body of Christ is the word for this country. Yeah, the, I don't care how much money comes for it. I'm concerned we have to turn back to the Lord. The Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from our wicked ways, then will we hear from heaven and he'll forgive our sins and he'll heal our land. And I think everybody that's standing in the church is not. You got howlings that came through the back door that's in the church. You got sheep and wolves, wolves and sheep's clothing that's standing in the church. And it's all about the dollar. They're not looking at the souls of the people. Our young people, our children, they're dumbed down in our, our kids in the school system. That is a purpose. That's the work of the enemy, to down, dumb down our children. It's, it's at the bottom. It don't even start at the school. It started when the girl got pregnant, when she went and aborted her baby, because she have, they, that the devil knows what she have in her womb, so he sends her to the doctor to kill that seed. It's all about the seed. And the devil knows. He knows it's a plan. It's his plan for this nation, to tear this nation down. And our preachers and our, the body of Christ ha- have got to wake up, got to come together, got to op- we have to open our eyes and see this is the work of the devil, to destroy the nation. And it starts with our kids because who is our next generation? Our children. Is our next generation. Those are the doctors and the lawyers. Your generation, the generation under you, your children and your children, that's the generation. And the devil knows that these kids are being raised up. God is raising you up right now. And I know this. He's raised, we got, you got these old people that's in the church. I'm not talking about old, old. I'm talking about my age, 50, 45. Stumble, we're sleep. We're stumbling and we're sleeping in the church. And God, what did he do? He raised up your generation for this nation. And you can see this. And I know the body of Christ see this. For you to sit there at your age, you're a young man, this is your mother's son, God is raising you up for such a time as this. And don't, don't be discouraged and don't be dismayed. And the, and the Lord said, don't be afraid of their faces. Be ye strong, therefore, and let your hands be let your hand, don't let your hands get weak. Your work will be rewarded. Your work will be rewarded. And God is raising you up. 
but you are right on point, and it blows my mind because not even I am updated with what you guys are talking about, and it just it saddens me. It just saddens my heart to hear what's going on. And you do hear a lot of talk about Memphis, even in North, the state of North Carolina. You hear about how the young black men are shooting at the black men. That is the, that's the purpose because even they have purpose. They got a purpose in this world. God has a plan for their life, and the enemy knows it. So what did he do? He destroys it. He destroys it. But I thank God for you all, and, and this is just awesome. And it, this conversation is really, really taking me back because I have not been keeping up with what's going on with Memphis, and that's just not Memphis. Memphis, you know, you hear a lot of bad things about Memphis, but it's everywhere. It's it's not as bad in some places as it, as it is in Memphis, but it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. But I thank yeah. God for you all and Brandon. You keep up the good work, and we'll have to we'll be praying for you and uh, and the young men that's coming along with you. And instead of you know we got these when you see somebody raise up, black people are like a bunch of crabs and a, and I'm not I'm a black woman. We're like a bunch of crabs in a bucket. When we see our young people rising to the top. Instead of rising along with them and pushing them, we'll grab them by the feet and pull them down, you know. And we have to look because it's, we're all in this together. It's America. We're all in this together. And look, China even talk about us. They talk about, they laughing at us, how we used to be the great America. But they even, I've seen that on the TV where they made comments about America. But I'm not going to be for a long time and you just keep up the good work. And I will keep you in my prayers, and you just be strong in the Lord. Thank you for Thank taking my you. call. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. So Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye-bye. I can hear um, the passion in our callers. And, and, and by the way, I, I hope she doesn't mind, but, but she's my aunt, uh, Brandon's great aunt. And I can just hear... You know the passion. She she's one of those moms like 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 I was as well. We were we were very in tuned into our kids and and what was going on and and continues to to be. So I can hear the passion in her heart for um, just change, just change. I could really hear that. So thank you for listening, supporting, and calling in for sure. So you guys who are on with us, I see you out there. You know, chime in. The lines are open. Don't don't listen and not talk. We all have something to share in this. So lines are open. Chat line is open. Remember, you have to select the number one to, to be pulled in to queue. Okay, Brandon? Um, I would like to uh, read a quote uh, from Dr. Martin Luther King. He said that, uh, and this was in regards to, uh, I want to set the stage a bit. This was 1967. He said that freedom is not one by passive acceptance of suffering. Freedom is won by a struggle against suffering. By this measure, Negroes have not yet paid the full price of freedom, and whites have not yet faced the full cost of justice. So understand that this is not a situation where one is at fault. There may be an institution that was created by one that uh, has positioned us in this way, but if we came together as, as people, I identify with poor people. I'm not a billionaire. I'm not suffering by any means, but I identify with poor people because 
my family didn't come far from there. Uh, the, the, the woman that just got off the phone is, is also a part of this family, and I'm sure she can tell you stories about um, how we had to all live as a collective uh, in Valdosta, Georgia, and how she, how she grew up. Um, and I think she, she did let into that a, a, a good bit. But that is, of course, missing in our communities. But why is it? It's, a, it's because we are being um, led almost to the slaughter by materialism. And you need money in order to obtain materials. This, I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I want to speak to people because we might have, I don't, I don't know about the crowd if they're older or younger, but I'm analyzing my, my peers and what is existing, why is who's killing who? It's people mostly around my age. It's all over money and materials. It, our, our economic system, capitalism, is based off of scarcity. Why is it in a world, I mean, and, and I may be utopian for saying this, but why in a world that a planet that is made of three, uh, like 70% water do people have to pay for, for water? It rains. We were we we should have an economic system based on abundance, based on equality of um, of allocation of resources. But we do not have that. And what is happening in Memphis is an acute form of what is going on in the whole nation. Texas is doing great right now. They have a lot of oil there. They get a lot of revenue to their to their state. Uh, budget because of the the oil that is there, um, but as far as the economic systems that exist across the nation, we are suffering, and by we I mean minorities, mm-hmm. and we have to realize that. But Many, but, but we we spend the most. We spend the most that, and, on and, things like you said, the stilettos, the rims, the tires. Man surely feeds this beast. And this is why I said that there's fault to be spread around now. There, we live in a time of information where this, the, the, this book, Where Do We Go From Here by MLK, is as accessible to me as it is to a great amount of people because everybody's on Facebook, and if they can be on Facebook, they can look for a book. But there's no interest there. So we, we have this accountability to ourselves to where – we see it, and that's why I read the quote from Dr. King, freedom is not won by a passive acceptance of suffering. This is What we are living in in Memphis right now is a passive acceptance of suffering. So are they, so, so, so going back to my question earlier, do you feel that the people of Memphis have accepted this lifestyle? Because earlier I think you said no. I, I, don't, I don't think they have in their hearts. I think they have with their, their legs, but I don't think they have with their hearts. Because if I were to think that, then I wouldn't be in you wouldn't do it. Okay. I wouldn't be here. And I know that I'm here. And I believe that I, and, and this is not just me, I believe every individual has this power, but I believe, like Dr. King, it only takes one. It takes one man to spark a change and then others to follow. You see what I'm saying? How do we but it spark that change? By, like you said, being that person, being the change that you want to see in the world. You said, how can we? That already makes a sense that you are one of you are a person who wants to do that. You are not alone. If we are ninety eight like I say, the ninety eight, ninety nine percent the same as a genetically as a chimpanzee, there's no difference between you and me. We can change. 
we can change. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to see, we, we talked about the ten people who were, were shot or whatever it was mm-hmm. this past weekend. You know, you guys, I know there has to be ten positive things that also happened in Memphis over the weekend. And, and we have to start feeding our minds so that we can start thinking differently as well. But this does not increase ratings. Right, exactly. And so, and, and that's what we've become a nation of. We've become a nation of tests and, oh, how does this score and competition. That's what capitalism breeds. And what, what Dr. King was questioning toward the end of his, of his life was whether how the system is set up which is a capitalistic republic, don't get it confused, it is not a democracy. It says in the Pledge of Allegiance, for the republic for which it stands. It does not say for the democracy of which it stands. So let's kill that that lie. But we need a new form of the, we need a new structure to our government. This structure was built on the backs of a slave-run industry. It needs slaves in order to survive. That's why companies change when there's boycotts and and and, um, and and people stop going to work. There's strikes. This is why companies change. When they didn't listen before, you, when uh, we keep doing the same thing, tripping over our own feet, we try to hit them in the hearts, and it doesn't work. Right. Because a man cannot change another man's heart. Only God can do that. Right. And I'll give you a simple example. One I've used on this show before. Let's take, for example, we continue to complain about, and I'm just going to use cable for an example. What do you think will happen if everybody, or I'll just say half the population of Memphis say, call and say, turn my cable off. Effective today, turn it off. What do you think and your reason is because you continue to raise your cost and you bring me junk. You control the volume of my TV that I pay for. I pay you, but when, you, when a commercial comes on, you control the volume of the commercial. I have to get up and turn it down. That just infuriates me. I mean, it makes me angry. That the commercials are louder than the- Yes that they have that control that for something that I paid for and I continue to pay for on a monthly basis and they continue to rise their you know rise in the price but but my point is here what do you think will happen if just 50% of the people would be willing to endure but for one day because that's hitting them in their pockets but we are so connected to the cable or for just the simple fact of, yeah, I have cable, that we won't do that. So if 50% did it and 75%, they would decrease price. But we're not willing to come together and endure. Our families, it, it goes all the way back down to our families, to how we come out of the home. And think about these children, the, the children of today, who are going to these schools, the children of today who are killing each other, the children of today were raised by the children of yesterday. Mm. And these children of today will raise the children of the future. Will we let them slip further into chaos 
or community. I'm in Chapter 1 of this book that I'm reading. Tell them the book again. We have some people that have just kind of came on. Sure. The, the book is entitled, Where Do We, and it's by Dr. Martin Luther King, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community? It is one, I've just read the foreword, the introduction in Chapter 1, and I can say it's already one of the best books I've ever read in my life. But it's, it's amazing how most people have no idea of it. Why? Because we don't control our own history. The same structure, political system, economic system that enslaved your forefathers is the same one that is teaching your children today. They say we have integrated schools, but you go to any Memphis inner city school and then you go to a Shelby County school, or how it, now they're consolidated, but we'll see where that turns out. You know, these hopeful, these, these glimmers of hope. If you go to one school versus another, the, the difference is, isn't incremental. It's vast. It's great. Yeah. I'm talking about books that I had in high school are still being used. In I, some schools. In some schools. Now, if you go to Germantown, if you go to Carrierville, mm-hmm. you will see that their books are brand new. Everything's up to date. The road, I mean... So much goes into a community, and, and me working in, in uh, the multifamily real, real estate industry, I see, I, I'm, I really focus on communities and how a person lives and their access to various things. And I, I've noticed in Memphis, and probably this is uh, mirrored in other, other cities around the world, uh, around the nation, that African Americans by majority and Hispanics, African Americans and Hispanics, have a much lesser access to transportation, much less access to uh, job opportunity, much less access to education, much less access to financial institutions. Go to Whitehaven right now, which is a uh, uh, a community in Memphis that's uh, majority African American. Go to Whitehaven. There's 4,000 individuals within a couple of square miles and not one banking institution and about two or three miles from that. Now, these people, by majority, don't have automobiles. They cannot afford them. How are they supposed to get to the bank? Memphis was, was said to have one of the, the highest rates of uh, people that don't have banks. We have no knowledge of this. So think about this. You know, my aunt said that, you know, it's, it was about the money. When it wasn't about the money, people could grow their own food. God is there too, but even in the Bible, it talks about how to be fiscally responsible, how a man is to provide for his family, how to conduct business, how to write contracts, how to be fair, how to even dowries for getting married, even inheritance, and what you should leave, you know, what should be, you know, given to your kids after you die. But, you know, that was a a sense of such character back then as you talk about how you could do things, grow your own food, and I can remember... You know, right in Valdosta, Georgia, the the truck coming around where you could buy vegetables and fruit right off the truck and, and just remember sitting on the porch with my grandmother and my aunts and uncles and cousins. Everybody has a bag, and we're picking the peas and, you know, doing the green beans and shucking the corn and peeling the cane, you know, things of value. That was, and that was the way to work. That is truth. I plant a seed, it grows, it gives me fruit, I eat. It gives more seeds, I do the same thing. That is sustainable. And it feeds. 
smashed. But what are we doing? What are we doing now? We, what we did is we said, "Hey, we want to assimilate into a broken system, and we expect to be better." The system we're, we're trying to assimilate. It's like trying to fit two puzzle pieces together that weren't made in the same pack. They don't fit. You cannot make them fit. You cannot have an unjust political and capitalistic economic system that that values scarcity and disparity of resources in order to to progress, supposedly, until big collapse. Um, you can't have that and at the same time have assimilation and, and, and equality, complete equality. Like I said, it's one thing to say, yeah, you can you can eat next to me. It's one thing to drink out of the same water fountain, but it's a whole nother thing to be my next door neighbor. A whole nother thing to to come to to marry my daughter. Whole nother thing. A lot of that going on. My my high school here in Memphis was just about half Jewish and half black, and a lot of a lot of Jewish girls went to prom with black dudes, and their parents were furious. It was the talk. It was the talk of the of the school for a good while. This is, and it just goes to show, I mean, you remember the situation of me having to uh, do a play with a um, a young lady here. A friend. A great friend of mine, um, and I won't say her name, but a great friend of mine, blonde hair, blue eyes, beautiful person inside and out. And she grew up her entire life and did not know that her parents were racist until they found, until she, they, they found out uh, by her that she was playing my opposite in a play. She was playing my love interest in a play. This wasn't even real life. We and, were we and, were acting. And and they liked you up in. I mean, they 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 had a great deal of respect for you because I remember just having to hold my tongue that night. Um, and yeah, and and what how the story ended was, um, you know, she came to or she came to the the practices crying and saying that my parents said that I have to. Uh, quit the play because my opposite is a is a black guy, and I've told them about my friend Brandon that I know who we read the Bible together. We you know over the phone and and helps me through these different things. A true friend, and they spoke spoken great things about at the table, but they she never mentioned what color this 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 man this young man was. But upon them finding out, all of that went out the door. And, and and what I'm trying to express is that these are the people that, while we were assimilating, they were holding the reins to the chariot that leads our economy, that leads our nation. Do you think those reins have been given up? Do you think that their grasp have loosened amongst those reins? No. Just because we hopped on the chariot doesn't mean that we control where this, where it's going. And so it's different to say, yeah, you can hitch a ride, than saying, hey, let's go this direction. Hey, let's be neighbors. Hey, let's be family. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother purification of the heart that America is, is not ready for. And to quote again uh, Dr. King, he said, Negroes have not yet paid the full price for freedom and whites have not yet faced the full cost of justice. So do not think for a second that Two things. One, that don't think that the civil rights movement was uh, 
was complete in its work. Did it have successes? Yes. Did it have victories? Yes. But the war is still to be fought, and it is not a war of militarism in the forms of picking up guns, throwing sticks, and it's not one of that. This is a war of, like my aunt said, the soul. And we, if we care anything about our children, if we care anything about the future and for the, the world for which people have to live in to come, then we should do everything in our power to stop this economic segregation because it is leading to so many other ills in our communities, crimes as far as uh, murder, homicide, rape, Um, these are frustrations coming out in various forms. These are spiritual ills that are coming from a disease of the heart. So where do we go from here? We've been to chaos. We know how that turns out. We know that ends in bloodshed. We know that ends in uh, men being in, 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 in cells. Let's go the opposite. Let's go to community. Let's go back to the times where we grew our own food. And if we can't do that, let's go back to a time where we supported each other in business. Let's go back to a time where we put our money together as a family. It starts by just sitting at the same table and eating dinner. Right. You guys, let me let me say this. And we have a caller. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pull our caller in. I think I know who this is, but I'm going to go ahead and pull our caller in. But just, just imagine this as you talk about putting your money together. Brandon mentioned earlier that, and I'm working on putting – finally putting this together, my million-dollar project, um, where, where people are only asked to give $1. Um, I've needed those dollars this week twice, where there are two people who are, who are really, really struggling financially, and I wished I could have had that up and going and be able to pull it out and go and just say, blessings, my brother, blessings, my sister, I see you. Because you guys, $50 to $100 will make a world of difference in somebody's life. Those $50 that you're spending on stilettos, on nails, on toes will make a world of difference. So just think, within your family, if, you, if everyone in your family, call a meeting, call a, a barbecue, they will come and say, you guys, let everybody once a month put, pull in $1. For a year, everybody who's willing to do it, one dollar, and see what you have in in twelve months, and continue to do it. And when someone in the family is in need, go to the bank and say, "Here, brother. Here, sister. Here, cousin. Here, aunt. Here, mom." So let's pull let's pull our caller in. Oh, you're already in. This is seven zero three from last four five zero five five. Hey, how you doing? Hi, how hey. are you? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was you. I didn't want to say though. This is this is uh, Rodney. Tell them who you are. Um, Rodney's also doing the Butterfly Evolution show on Tuesday nights, um, talking about a lot of stuff: schools, children, teachers, all that. But I know you got something for tonight, so just chime in. I, I, I actually got in a, a little late, but. Uh, uh, this this is better than the Miami Heat and Brooklyn Nets game that's going on right now. <laughs> um, 
but I'm uh, I'm Rodney Jordan. Uh, I am a school teacher uh, in Virginia. I'm also the author of Proud of Being Black, and um, I wrote the book, um, which goes along with a lot of the things uh, that I've heard tonight. So um, I was sitting here getting excited and trying to figure out when to when to jump in and add my two cents. Um, but this is this is something that it would be nice if 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 it were a reality show. And I heard Brandon uh, say something about ratings. You know, those, those uh, what you guys are, are are talking about tonight and what you're trying to push. You know, it, it's not the Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, it's it, it's not all all of his other nonsense on. But but here's what um, what I would like to add. It is hard to defeat an enemy that you are supporting. And as long as we continue to to build the empires or put money in the pockets of the same people who are out to destroy us, we will continue to move further and further away from the civil rights movement. It, 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 in some cases, it is about race, but in a lot of cases, it's about people's hearts not being right. And we're watching it every single day where our children, um, uh, especially our minorities, are just being wiped out. And we've gotten so far away from the civil rights movement. We've gotten far away from what Martin Luther King stood for, what Rosa Parks stood for, what Harriet Tubman did. We've gotten so far away from those things because it's all about me getting the new Jordans. It's all about how much money uh, can I spend on this outfit or who can I impress today instead of let's work together, let's build something together. The very thing that was meant to, to help us out of this life has also hindered us, and that is us having rights. It seems like the moment we got rights, we forgot who we were. We forgot the things that were fought for. We forgot those things that got us to, that, that, that brought our ancestors together. We forgot those things. We forgot how to fight. We forgot how to boycott. We forgot how to say, you know what, let's come together and let's make this company do do right by us. Let's force them. Because there's there's such a power in numbers. If one person stands up against it, they're labeled a troublemaker and they're pushed to the side. But like you said, fifty percent or seventy five percent of the people standing up, now we have to do something. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Donald Sterling, the, the Clippers owner. The reason why the commissioner came out and did what he did because this man has been doing this for 20, 30 years. The reason why the commissioner came out and did what he did was because there were numbers. Here's a whole NBA franchise that's doing well in a city that has to do well, so we got to do something. And this man just was on with Anderson Cooper apologizing. Oh, I'm not racist. I think Maggie Johnson is a great person. If we learn how to stick together, we learn how to fight, we can bring the devil to his knees. But 
as long as we continue to support the enemy who is out to destroy us anyway, we're going to continue to go backwards and continue to go down. And we're doing it to ourselves. No one is doing it to us. We're doing it to ourselves. You know, Rodney, thank you for that. And, and, and this quote that you just gave us, it is difficult to defeat an enemy that you are supporting. Is that yours? That um, no, 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 it's not mine. I, I, I think it's something that came up about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. I was uh, talking to somebody. Okay. Um, and we so were, we wrote we were it down. <laughs> we wanted to give proper rights. <laughs> But but were you the one on a previous show that talked about the things that we fought for, like the the um, the right to sit in at the front of the bus, but now we go to the back, the right to read, and now we have to force our children to learn how to read? Were you the one on a previous show? Probably because it's actually in my book on the chapter um, about the civil rights movement. Okay. And for those who did not hear, Rodney is the author of a book called Tired of Being Black. And if you've not read it, please do. It's, it's one of my favorite, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, is how you talk about people think just because you're a black male that you should have three baby mamas, that you should have a, you know, a jail, whatever, that you have these stereotypes placed upon you based on the color of your skin. Inequality is everywhere. And when, and then you have to fight both worlds because your brother that looks like you says you're a sellout. If you try to talk yep. the right way, if you're not of this world, in this world. You know, I was speaking with a lady today as we talked about trying to connect women who have a, the same vision because the more you grow in God, the smaller your circle seems to get. And I was sharing that with her. I said, please count me in because, again, the, the more things and people I let go, the smaller my circle gets. So, again, like you're saying, yeah, to some extent, it, it, there's some people to blame here, but you guys, we have to look in the mirror. Are you looking at Atlanta Housewives? Atlanta Housewives? I mean, I'm amazed at how, scandal, and I'm just going to say it. I, I don't see what people get out of trash, that kind of trash. Because, again, you are feeding your mind, just like you feed your body. You're feeding your mind with this stuff. Thursday night, you can hardly get on Facebook without hearing about scandal. What if we had Bible study like that on Thursday night? Thursday night is scandal. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday morning is old. Hallelujah.
voting based on. We're supposed to be voting up people to represent our community, to represent our ideals um, and the things that we stand for. Most people don't know who their state representative is, don't know who their congressman or their senator is. How can you be holding them accountable? Why don't you know? Is it because you've written our politics? That's a trick. There's a process to this. There's levels to it. And no one, hardly anyone from our community said anything um, because they couldn't when the, leg- the uh, Supreme Court ordered that you can give an unlimited amount to campaigns and, and marketing for uh, a political candidate. So what does that do? Everybody buys Jordans. Why? Because it's promoted. Everyone buys Nikes because they're promoted. Everyone drinks Coca-Cola because it was the most promoted. It's not because it's the best tasting thing, as much as they, but they drill that into your head. So it's what you see the most. And imagine if you can give an unlimited amount to the marketing of campaigns, putting this person's face on every television station, on every radio station, on every billboard, then who do you think people are going to vote for? They're like, oh, that's the person who's the most popular because I see them the most. Most popular. And so now income has come into the representation pro- our representation process. That This is what they're using to keep us down. If you listen to our, our music that most of our, our youth are listening to, it's all about materialism, chasing money, because it is a fantasy. It is something that our community does not have. Yet we are chasing it. We're just like like we were talking about this this nation as she exists currently. Look looks great. Seems to be the talk of the world. Anytime a new show comes on here, I promise you, I have friends in Australia. They are watching Scandal as well. What we do here changes the world. And there was a time when this, like the civil rights movement and suffrage movements to where we were the jewel of, of the world. We were seen as people that were changing in a, positive, in a positive way. But what did we find out? That those words meant nothing unless we changed the hearts of men and we changed the heart of, of the foundation of which this system was built upon. We have to go back to, this, to more uh, community-based everything, community-based economics. How would you survive? If everything ended right now, all of a sudden, I bet you would pray more. Mm-hmm. And there's going to come that day. That day is coming. I mean, just think about it. as oh. The day is here, but people are oblivious to it. You know, I, I'm dying to get in, and, and, and right now, I hope you're okay. Just hang on. Just jump in anytime you want. I still have you pulled <laughs> in. But, but Romans oh, 1. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> Okay, Romans 1, around, I think it's 25, um, where it talks about people serve the creature rather than the creator, we've become those people. That we, we are so in tuned into ourselves, and you can't serve you and God. You can't have what you want and what God wants. You cannot unless the Holy Spirit has changed your heart. You've allowed the Holy Spirit to change your heart. You've renewed your mind. You've given up this world. I think you mentioned not we we are addicted to the patterns of this world and it says do not be conformed people are addicted let them take scandal off tv 
you, I bet you you could pull some people together then. They'll meet you on the on the steps of City Hall, and it's not even there, you know, for them to do it. But, again, that's why I say we have to hold ourselves accountable as well. We have to. I have a problem with the I see with, with the hair that's all together and the outfit all together, shoes matching, the hair, the nails, everything, and I look at your child and he's embarrassed to go to school. I have a problem with that. I have, and I have a problem with the fact that in Memphis, a uh, a city that is majority African American, has two African, pretty much two African American radio stations, and both of them, I promise you, I promise you, you can listen, and it ain't hard to to miss. All, only thing being talked about is something that should be on a a, a, a porno. Porno with a lot of money, yeah. and these are the two. Think about the two stations that are that are in Memphis. These are the stations that these kids are listening to because that is, you know, identified as their culture. That's what they attach. Their to. mamas and grandmamas are listening to. Exactly, and they're going. These are the these are the values being instilled into our kids, right. especially especially African American kids. There's alternatives. Think about the great amount of alternatives that. Uh, kids from other cultures are exposed to, especially Caucasian. You know, they got rock and alternative, all this, that, the things that they identify with, like, oh, the majority of people that look like them, but think about the people that that we see that are affluent that look like us and see the things that they're doing and talking about and the things that they're involved in, the drama, all the time. They're attaching to that. Then they see that it's reinforced at home they have drama at home. They see the drama on the television. This is their reality. And then you expect for them, when they finally get enough money to buy a plane ticket, for them to act decent sitting behind you on a plane? No. When I came, I came back from Mexico a couple weeks ago, from, uh, we had to stop through Salt Lake City and uh, got on another flight and came to Memphis. There were some brothers sitting behind me, and I knew, I could tell that it was their first time ever leaving Memphis did not know how to act. And they were intelligent brothers, but I, I could tell. They, I mean, they were loud. They were cursing because no one ever stopped. No one ever said, hey, that's not the thing to do. Hey, that's vulgar. Hey, that's, you're, disturbing, you're, you're disturbing the peace and people are trying to sleep. There was no, there was no thought that, that, this was, uh, that this was a sense of bad etiquette. Yeah. That this was improper. Yeah. This was that this was a defamation of your character. Right. There was no sense of that. So when I turned around and I addressed the brothers, they looked at me like, "Oh man, I'm I'm sorry." You know, it was it was a genuine it was a genuine exchange where originally I thought I was going to be met with hostility, and I wasn't. And I looked in this, this, these these men's eyes, and it was like they really did not know. Mm. So we are perishing for 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 lack of knowledge. Yeah. We cannot. We, we have lost our decency. We are lewd. We are vulgar. We are arrogant. We are taking on the... We are, we are becoming... We are trying to be the master. That's the greatest fault of the slave, is trying to be like the master. You, 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 I mean, but just think, think about this. Their master at that time were the slave owners. Mm-hmm. 
they were trying to be like the slave owners. So now instead of it being instead of it being oh um, he calling us nigga, now we calling us nigga in a bad way. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's terms that people use in a, in a in a loving way supposedly, but we 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 kill each other. We bring each other down. We the, are the crabs in the bucket as it seems. And we can we can sit and say, hey, there's good too, and there is. There's great things going on. But let's admit it, y'all. By by majority, what's going on in our communities? Yeah. And why aren't we saying anything about it? Yeah. Why haven't we called the radio station and said, stop playing this filth, or we're going to stop listening, or I'm going to raise some attention and get more people to notice what you're playing. Let's print out all the lyrics of which you put on your radio station at 8 a.m. when kids are going to school. If not, let's just change it while they're going in transit to and fro school. Why can't we play the vulgar stuff if, if that's what you want to hear? Play it at night when the kids might be asleep, hopefully. But no, we let it go. There's no accountability in our streets. When the Mr. Johnsons would, when the Mr. Johnsons would come home and people would put put their drugs away and put their guns away, there's, there's those people aren't in existence anymore. And and likewise, those seem to be the people that kept the fence around our people, like kept the guardrails and hey, that's the cliff. But see, those, that's the drop off. Those kids respected Mr. Johnson because Mr. Johnson lived the life he preached. He was a God fearing man. He took care of his family. He took care of his home. He took care of the community. And they they saw him, which is what our kids are missing today. They see us going to church. They see us talking the talk. They see us faking the walk. And these kids are very intelligent. So they say, why? Why do I, would I want to be like you? You talk about God, but then I look at you and I see you. You say one thing and you do another. And, and the word tells you about the consequences of being double-minded. So... These kids mimic what they see, or they simply give up based on what they see. And they're not seeing much. They see us doing what we do, talk the good talk, and fake the walk. We So we think we're faking it. Rodney, I think you had something to say, and I think I cut you off a little bit earlier. And we'll All right, we're fine, we're fine. Uh, just going back to the scripture that, that, that talks about, um, the scripture that says, be not conformed to this world, but be... Uh, transfer, uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind, um, it seems like we are more comfortable conforming than we are being transformed. We we conform because it's how we fit in. It's how we cope. It's how we survive. And so we're okay, even though it goes against uh, the word of God, which we say that, you know, we live by or that we believe or we support, we conform. I, I, I look at the, the NFL draft this weekend, and a player comes out and says, you know, hey, I'm gay. And all of a sudden, that we have with um, homosexuality um, in the past, what, a year or two, all of a sudden, there, there's this need to, I guess, embrace homosexuality. Or if you say something against homosexuality, now you're the bad guy. It's wrong for you to speak up against homosexuality. So what do we do? We conform. 
and it's oh yeah, I you know I support it, or they should have the same rights, or you know because that's where we are. We're conforming to every single thing, and that's why we're having the issues that we're having because there is no transformation, there is no change. Because if we wanted a better life, we would transform. We would have a renewed mindset every day. But so that we can so that we can cope, so that we can survive, so that we can make sure, oh, I got a job tomorrow, what do we do? We're gonna go along with these things just so that I can say, Hey, I fit in or just so that no one hates us or that people are not against us. But we can form just like these radio stations. We can have them shut shut it down. We can have them, you know, to stop playing this this filth. But why would they stop playing this filth when that's how they're paying their bills? Why? Because we're supporting them. So if we really want to see this this change, we have to have a renewed mindset. And right now we don't have it because hey, this is paying the bills. Or I would say something, but so and so is be mad. And and our and this, if you really look at the economy, it is built on our backs. It is built on the backs of consumerism and who uh, consume at a higher rate than anyone: the poor, the people who are mm-hmm. who, who have the least actually spend the most per capita. And this is this. This is alarming because these are the ones who don't have it to spend while the people who are getting billions and billions of dollars do nothing with it. It sits in in an account and grows and grows and appreciates and appreciates, and it is is never distributed. Um, But like you said, if we stop supporting in every way, and support can, can be just even in the form of not speaking up, Support can be in the form of uh, contradicting yourself, saying, oh, I hate it when this radio station plays, but still, and I even do this sometimes, get in the car and go to work and put it on the station. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are the things that that we're doing, and this is why one, one way that I think the civil rights, uh, one thing that it taught us is that when you cut them off, when you cut their fiscal note off, when you cut, cut their, rev, their, their, generate, their revenue generator off, that's when ears all of a sudden open up. And the truth is, is that I honestly believe that we've asked for way too long. We've tried to, like I said, assimilate into a system that was already broken. To me, it's not even about the fact of race and, and, and things of that nature. It, it, it started there, but now it has moved on to be more pervasive in, in, in various ways. It's 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 definitely economic, definitely economic. It's racial. It's racial at its core, and it has grown into into a uh, disparity based on your wealth, and the because you have people of of, uh, of all races that consider poor people scum, scum, but their corporations are built off of these poor people. The 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 factory workers are that that support their corporation are poor. So if all of those people stop working and all of a sudden 
you ain't got, you don't have these, um, you don't have these, yeah, now he's for it. Now you don't have these uh, Latin immigrants over here to pick all of your oranges, Tropicana. Now you, your whole harvest is rotting because no American is going to get up and, and pick for 12 hours a day to make $60, to make, if that, I mean $20 a day, $60 in, in, in three or four days. That's, that's nothing. That cannot support a family, but it is supporting some families. And so you can see what can be done with so little, and then you see what isn't being done with so much. And this is what we call disparity. This is what we call an, um, uh, more resources being allocated to one group as opposed to another. Yeah. My mother just said that inequality anywhere is injustice everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we have to watch for this and come back to a community-based thing. You know, we're in, in America, we're always told it's all about you, the individual. It's all about you. But you came from somewhere. You did not create yourself. And if you don't give credit to God, then give some honor to your mother. Give some honor to your brothers and fathers. Give some honor to your family. And when you give that, you can see that there are other families just like yours. Mm-hmm. And this creates a community. But no. We undermine each other. We backbite and talk about each other. We create divisions because it's, it, 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 it has stemmed from the system that was created broken, created with, with malintent, and we try to fit in it, but it's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to where we can't stay there for long. We're either going to bust out fussing and screaming and hollering, it's going to be violent, or we can ease out all together and find a new way to construct this nation. But it's going to have to be an entirely an entire change of the way we do business, of the way uh, we serve God, of the way we we control our governments and the way we elect our officials. Everything. See, so much. I think we say, you know, we God can do all things and He is all powerful. But I I believe this to be so true. If you take one step towards God, He takes two towards you. You can be on your knees, but like Frederick Douglass said. The best prayer he ever prayed was the one he prayed with his feet. You've, you've been praying. You've been praying. Great. Great. And I don't say that lightly, but great. Pray with your feet. If you really want it, you would do everything in your power to get it. If you believe it. If you believed it, you, you would do everything in your in power your to prayer. get it. Right. Could Moses have split the sea if he wouldn't have put the staff in the water with the full belief that it would work? No. So you first have to take that step. I think so often, especially within our community, we go to church and we're pacified. We go to church, oh, that preacher made me feel all right. <laughs> oh, don't let my preacher know. Don't let my preacher know that I said this. Don't let my preacher know that I stepped foot here. But then forgot about God. We're pacified. They make us feel better. I'm sorry, but that does not work. You are being played, and you are playing yourself. You, your last breath will be one of regret if we continue to go down the route that we are. Will, you, will your last breath say, all I did in my life was fit in? Is that, is that really your, what you want your last thought to be, a life unfulfilled? To have never known peace, to have never known prosperity, to have never known happiness, to have only known want? 
and claim to know God? I want this, I want that. Materialism, elevation of man, arrogance, thinking that you are better than somebody else. These are the ills that we have indoctrinated ourselves with by agreeing to this evil system. If you don't know, if you don't know anything, I don't. If you're a Buddhist on here listening, if you're a, a Taoist or a, or a Muslim or anything or a Christian, no matter what you are, you realize that there is good and there is evil. Everyone won't won't agree. There's a statute in the Constitution that says it. It has to be a separation of of church and state. And what we have done is we said, oh, we ain't got to participate in this process over here because we know God got it. I'm sorry, but that's stupid. That's why prayer was taken out of school and everywhere else. Because they said, oh, no, it's going to work. God's going to make sure that it's back in school. Well, it ain't. And if you think your nation's going to operate in that same way, you're going to be a fool twice. Well, I'm sorry, you have fooled my predecessors, but you will not fool me. And I think that there's a growing number of young people who this country will not fool. This economic system will not fool. Our parents will not fool. So I am trying to make the landing soft and light. But if we keep going in the direction that we're going, it is going to be a hard landing full of violence. And that is something that is not good for any of us. Not us, not the legacy of, of humanness and of human nature, and definitely not for the, for the future. So please do everything that you can to fight this economic inequality because whether you notice it or not, whether you are poor or not, there's someone that is, there's 10 people who are not listening to this show right now who are, who didn't have the money to have that phone turned on, who, don't, who have to choose between uh, working a second shift and going to the grocery store because the bus is cut off at 5 o'clock and they can't eat, they, they live in what is considered in the FDA a food desert where there's not a, a grocery store that has fresh produce within miles of their home. While we are comfortable we take it for and we take it for granted and we spend time watching okay. Scandal and Housewives. I've never seen one episode. We should start somewhere where we just start deleting people who put statuses up about this BS because that's what it is. And stop holding your tongues. Stop holding. Stop putting your dollars in the places where you know your heart isn't. When you see something that's wrong, speak out about it. If you if you can't if you can't stop it with your hands, then speak out about it. And what we've done is we stopped speaking out about it. Yet there's something that's still there. We still hate it in our heart. And as long as that's there, we have a chance. But what I fear is that we grow into a world that is completely heartless, completely lost. And this is a slippery slope that I think we are fast approaching. Mm, I agree. And unless we do something now, 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 I promise you guys that within a few years, the world as you know it will not be and will be so different and, and the slavery of the mind will be so apparent in, in everyday life that it will be hard to even want to live. So please, y'all, for my children, 
If you are, if you don't, if you don't care about me, fine. But please care about our children, because I'm young. I'm 25 years old, approaching 26. I hope to have a family, but I fear to have a family. I fear to raise children in Memphis, Tennessee, just because I don't want them to see the things that I've seen. I don't want them to see their friends getting shot. I don't want them going to more funerals than they go to birthdays, birthday parties. I don't want that. I don't want to read the paper every week and see another 10 dead. I don't want them to see that. I've seen enough. We can learn from these situations. But as long as you're going out there buying this new house just to look good for your family or for your friends, or someone in, where somebody in your family who's barely making it and trying and trying. And if you are doing things like this, realize that the deficiency is not in what you own. It is in your heart. Who you are. Search for who you are as a person. What do you stand for? Write it down if you have to and live by that standard. But our nation at this point is living by a standard that is antiquated, that was built on the backs of slave labor. And though the rhetoric has changed, though the media has been sensationalized, we are still in a form of bondage, except now the chains are not around our hands. They are around our brains and our perception. So please walk towards freedom and help us end this economic equality for our people. Rodney, you still with us? Anything? Um, we're going to work to bring it to a close. I want to end with um, a scripture, but I want to allow you to get in and, and give out your, the name of your book, um, kind of what you're doing as well. Rodney's out of Virginia. Um, so just kind of tell again, because we've had some people come in since, like in the last 10 minutes or so. So give that information out again before we work to close. Uh, I, I, um, I'll do that. Um, let me say this, though, before I get to that. I hope yesterday, Tim, you had a fabulous day because it is evident through your son the job that you have done as a mother, and I think that it is something that uh, both of you should be proud of. Um, you, you have raised a, a fine young man, and I hope that he continues um, on the path that he's on and, and continues to do um, the work that, that he has set out to do. So, Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. Congratulations to the both of you. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> but but everything, everything that, that, that I'm about and everything that I try to to do is, is I mean, it goes right along with, with this show tonight, and I'm glad that I tuned in. I've, I've never lived in Memphis. Um, I've never been to Memphis. I would like to visit Memphis, though. Um, but these very things are just evident around the country. Um, and so I hope that, that, um, you'll continue to have shows like this and hope that, uh, more people will tune in because the more people that, that, that we can get on board, the better. But, uh, my purpose is the same thing. Um, I mainly do it through the school system, uh, being a teacher, but, um, I try to be the change that I want to see. Um, I try to model the the behavior um, that I want to see. Um, so one of the ways 
um, that I'm doing that is through teaching. The other way is through writing. Um, I'm, I finished uh, my second book, and I'm hoping that it, it is out uh, this summer. It is called From the Heart of a Teacher. Um, but it addresses a lot of these a lot of these issues. And um, like Brandon just said, don't don't do this to the children. Um, right now, we're just passing ignorance down from generation to generation. And uh, like like this man told me a long time ago, we're uh, we're like a dying man on morphine. We're just suffering in comfort. We're suffering and don't even realize that we're suffering because they'll because you know they give they'll give enough people enough materialistic things to keep everybody quiet. If we give a couple of, if we pay for a couple of kids to go to college, then hey we we've we've done well or see we're not racist or see you know we do care we do love we do love the kids in in the inner city um, but I think that you know everything that you guys have said tonight has been great, and so I don't want to take up any more time, but I have enjoyed this. I told you I cut the game off <laughs> and um <laughs> Uh, so, and and anybody who knows, they'll tell you it, it's, you know, I, I don't watch a whole lot on TV, but but sports happens to be one of them. But but this is this is far more important. So I I want to say thank you to the both of you, um, for doing this show tonight. Okay. Thank you. And, and I don't, I still don't thank you. I still don't think you gave out the information about your book and how to <laughs> and see how see oh, how. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's wonderful to that think about the mission and the cause. But but we want your book in the hands, especially of our young men, everyone, mothers. But but you know this is the, our connection. I think Ronnie is just God sent. I was I'm gonna tell this story real quick. I was driving one day, and I promise I heard someone interviewing Rodney on the radio. But we never could figure out. What radio? I, I still don't know, but all I know is I heard the name. I heard the name of the book. I came right home and Googled it, found it, sent a message, and he called like a few minutes later. And we still were trying to figure out how, where, what I was listening to. Have no idea. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very careful about Butterfly Evolution. Butterfly Evolution is my baby. It It, it stands for... It's based on Galatians 2.20, dying to live. And so I'm careful about who I give this over to. And like I said, Rodney's going to be doing his own show, coming on as a host on Tuesday night for the, with Butterfly Evolution. And so that means he gets the sign-on information and all that. That speaks volumes, <laughs> that I feel his heart. I feel his love for God and people. So support him on Tuesday nights as well, and he's very tonight. I'm just going to tell you, tired of being black, buy the book, read the book, and wait on the next book as well. Um, he's going to tell you where to go to get it. Also, where do we go from here, chaos or community? That's Martin Luther King Jr.'s last book, I believe. So support that as well. But Rodney, give them the information of how to get the book. Uh, again, the title of the book is Tired of Being Black. Um, you can purchase the book through any um, any any book retailer, um, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, any book retailer um, will have the book for you. You can also get the book through my 
um, publisher, which is iUniverse. And if you are a if you are an educator and you go through iUniverse, uh, you do receive a forty eight percent discount uh, when you purchase the book. Uh, I also have a, a, a a Facebook page for my book, so you can you can like uh, Tired of Being Black on Facebook. You can also visit my website, yourfaveteacher.com, um, and that's just Y-O-U-R-F-A-V-T-E-A-C-H-E-R, where you can learn more about uh, myself, um, and you can also order the book uh, from my website. So um, please read it. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, well, thank you. I'm going to... I want to end with this. Uh, I'm going to come from Romans again, one of my favorite chapters, and I want to get this in because it's so um, it's just so important as to the discussion we're talking about tonight and people serving rather than than God. So I'm going to come from Romans one, and I'm going to start at 19. But I suggest that for those of you, if something has touched you tonight, if something has been instilled in you tonight, let it be to seek God. Um, And again, I'm going to start Romans 1, and I'm going to start at 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power of Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so they're saying God has made himself so clear to us that we should be without excuse. 21, it says, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God and lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever and it ends with amen and i suggest that you just kind of continue it doesn't stop there but my focus on there was two things that god has made himself so clear to us if not through create the creations through your own life there's so many things that you know that god saved you through his grace and mercy, that you should not be here. There's some things you've been pulled out, not because you deserve, because we are so undeserving, but but because of God's grace and mercy. So what God has done is turned us over to our reprobate mind. One version says reprobate. I think this one says depraved mind. Knowing him, but still not honoring him. So I leave you with that. So if you, if something's struck up in you, stirred up in you tonight, read Romans 1. Start there. And I just want to thank everybody. We had some people come in at the very end. Um, I hate that you missed the first portion of the show, but you can always go back. All shows are archived, so you can go back and listen. And 
Uh, Rodney, are we going to be on tomorrow night? Or you want to? I hope, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then if you guys can, we'll we'll get it set up. Uh, join Rodney tomorrow night, and I'll 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 be on as well with him tomorrow night. Um, and some night, some Tuesday nights going forward as well. But this is this is his baby on Tuesday nights. If you can support that, please do. If not, remember you can listen to the archive shows for that show as well. Okay. So that being said, uh, Rodney, any final words? No, um, I enjoyed the show, and so thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, and everyone, just just please have a good night. And again, read Romans; it is is a, it is a fantastic chapter. All right, everybody, be blessed, and thank you. We'll see you tomorrow night, same time, eight o'clock Central Standard Time. Have a good night. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're gonna be.
But I know change gon' come. Oh, yes it will. That song was dedicated to my cousin Diane out of Atlanta. As always, thank you for your support and much love, Diane out of Atlanta. Thank you. You guys have a good night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.